Ed. Welcome to the farm. Today we're talking You've Married the Farmer, Now What? with Angie Nisbet. Now you may have seen her on your air- airways previously from Married to the Land. Thank you for coming on, Angie. Thank you so much for having me. I feel very honoured and um, so nice to be on the other end of the questions. I don't know how I'll go, but I'll do my best. <laughs> well, we are very honoured to have you here. So, Angie, can you tell us about where you've come from and how you managed to be on the land? Yeah, so I am uh, born and bred um, on the land pretty much. Um, I'm fifth generation farmer in my family. Um, So my dad uh, had three girls, so it kind of ended the boy line there. So he, yeah, got hit dealt cards with three girls. Um, And yeah, I'm the youngest of three. And we are located on a cattle, goat and sheep property uh, in Queensland, Central West Queensland, just 80k south of Huondon um, in dinosaur country, people might know it as. Um, But yeah, we live in a beautiful area. Um, We have got a family operated business. Um, So my brother, uh, sorry, sister and brother-in-law are next door. My mum and dad are on on my other side and then my husband and I are on Landsborough here. So between the three places, we're just just on the 100,000 acre mark. And so tell me a little bit about who makes up your immediate family as well. Yes. So my husband, Sam, um, and then I have three small children. I've got Hugo, who turns six in a couple of weeks. And then I've got a daughter who's uh, Tilly. She's four and a half. And then I've got a two-year-old um, girl named Elka. So five five of us total. Um, and that completes our family. So uh, yeah, they're, I've got feral children, absolutely feral children that live <laughs> on the bush. Um, my boy is full noise. He's you know, guns and killing things and adventures and the girls are um, all very different as well. Tilly likes being out and about in the paddock and um, Elka's just finding her feet at the moment, but she's pretty mellow. So I've got one for every occasion. Absolutely. That's a fantastic combination. At least they're not all guns are blazing. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I think we've been very fortunate um, to be able to have children and then, um, but yeah, one one in every area. So we're very lucky. So before we continue with today's episode, I'd like to give a shout out to today's supportive link, Tupperware. If you are trying to cater for your family out on the farm, on the property, or down the paddock, then please look up Tupperware. It has many dynamic different items that can help you in your daily living. Whether you're looking for storage, containers to take down the paddock for food and lunches, or whether you're looking for cooking implements such as your utensils, can openers, strainers, or something more durable such as their new master range, which includes knives, pots, and pans. Please look up Tupperware in the link below. And now back to today's interview. Um, so on a daily basis, Angie, what are, I know every day on the farm is different, but what makes up your roles and responsibilities on an average season? Yeah. Uh, So just to put in a bit of context, so my husband and I, um, my husband is an electrician by trade. So we have a business down in Longreach um, and he's got uh, a staff of six, which he also manages. So Sam and I have a very dynamic 
um, relationship where I like to call him my FIFO, my fly-in, fly-out farmer. Um, so we have our business down there and then he does sort of three or four days down there and then he comes up here and helps back up on the property. But a typical day for me or my roles and responsibilities, um, I get up, get the kids sorted. Um, uh, if we're in the school term, then obviously I, I get the kids to school um, and then we're back here and it's checking in with um my brother-in-law and sister and their mum and dad of what we sort of need to be doing um, at that point in time. So it could be uh, getting out and about and checking the cattle. Um, it could be seeing if we need to line up a muster. Um, it could be um, we do trade cattle as well. So we always need to be really on the ball with what's happening there. Um, but then I also, yeah, I'm a bit of a lackey, a bit of a tr um, jack of all trades. Um, I sort of fit into whatever's happening and I'm quite happy to do so. Um, I think for so many years, um, I was full-time working as a Jillaroo. So I have quite a lot of experience that in that sense. But then when I sort of, uh, took on being a mum, I really had to relinquish those roles and sort of step into um, taking a step back, which was quite hard for me. But, um, yeah, I, I just do whatever I am whatever I need to be. It might be fencing, it might be mustering, it might be marking the goats. Um, I might be back at the house doing the garden. Um, I might be in the office. Um, I also work on my podcast as well. Um, so, yeah, my roles are a many. Uh, and it's, yeah, as you said before, no day is the same. But, um, I really try my hardest to get out in the paddock when I can. Um, I jump in the buggy or on the bike and I really try and spend some time paying attention to what's happening out there um, in my little think tank, which I love. Yeah, absolutely. And how does getting down the farm now, you do have the kids with you, how does that differ or how is that different from uh, what it was before? Um, we're pretty lucky. So, uh, when we moved back to our family property, um, cause we were in Longreach for a few years prior to that, um, Sam really sort of acknowledged that he couldn't be here physically all the time. So it was leaving quite a lot of the load to me with the kids, which I was really happy to do because, um, we really wanted to have both businesses sort of um, to lean on each other if it was a bad season or a good season. Um, so Sam really acknowledged early on in the piece that he couldn't be here um, and he just said, look, I think we should get a govy or a nanny, which I was very, uh, like, very reluctant to get. Um, I'm a very independent person and I like trying to take on a lot. But um, he he's pretty good with people and he said, oh, the nanny's not for you, the nanny's for me. So... <laughs> <laughs> which I was, which at the time I probably really needed to hear because I probably wasn't coping as well as I could be um, and I wasn't functioning at um, 100%. So we're very lucky that we got a, um, a girl on board last year and then we also got someone this year who does help me with those roles. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been a difficult step back for me. Um, but... I just don't think we could handle it all or do what we do without having that extra help. Um, and then also you throw school into the mix and then there's another dynamic of, you know, uh, staff meetings and parent-teacher interviews and sports days. So, um, yeah, just having someone to help me out has been a godsend and I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, definitely would help out a lot because I definitely know that a lot of us do take on a lot, a lot of different roles and a lot more than um, I guess the average person would as well. And I mm. completely understand taking that step back as well because it was quite difficult for me to start with, uh, particularly with Eddie, my oldest. He was born in, in the last drought. And so it was like very hands-on, like mm. every day I was out the door, I was on the feed run, we were carting water and he just came everywhere. And then number two came on and he was harvest baby and that was a bit harder. And <laughs> by number three, I was like, okay, I just can't do it all. And it was so hard to accept. <laughs> yeah. And it's really difficult, I think. Um, I, I'm not sure of your, your situation, if hubby's home at night time or not, but for me, um, because husband's away, um, you know, sort of 50, 60% of the week, for me, I really have to take on that feminine and masculine role within the house. So I have to be the dad and I have to be the mum. And so it's been a very hard transition for me when Sam comes back home to relinquish that whole role and just go back to being mum and where I fit into the picture. So um, it's probably not something many people talk about. And I think being females on the land, um, we do probably have a bit more of a masculine role that we step into because of the duties that we take on. And as you said, you know, whether it's harvest or whether you're in the tractor or whether you're um, feeding kids, it's still um, very present for both, um, for, for me personally. So, um, yeah, definitely relinquishing that role has been very hard for me. And also, I suppose, getting Sam when he comes home to really step up and say, look, you know, you're going to have to swoop in here and, and take some of the lion's share because I'm, you know, I might be exhausted or um, I might be trying to hand over that role of what's been going on in the paddock to him so he can sort of take it on and um, and get back into the swing of things as well. And what do those conversations usually look like? Is there a usual, like a format that you sort of use to have those conversations? <laughs> oh, gosh, I wish there was. <laughs> um, no, so not really. We try to communicate as much as we can while he's away. Um, I, I will talk to him daily and he'll ask me what's going on. Um, but no, he'll sort of come home and be like, oh, what's been happening? What's where are you at to where are you up to in the week and I, usually it'll be like okay well I've done this and I've done that or you know I, I've managed to get that job done or I've gone out and checked those cattle but I haven't got to this part so um, he'll generally be pretty good about um, picking up that slack for me and getting on top of it um, obviously I think being a female there's there's some things I can't physically do um, you know I can't go out and you know, throw a new fence line in because I don't have the manpower. But um, Sam will definitely um, work with uh, my brother-in-law, Larko, and dad to get that sort of stuff done. But, um, yeah, I like I still really like being a part of it, um, a part of it all. And it's very important to probably my makeup and my conditioning as well um, growing up on the land. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned that you do do a lot of um you know, 50 to 60% of the week by yourself. And I know that a lot of us do, I do as well, um, particularly because mm. we are mixed farming. We don't really have an off season. Um, we have a quiet period, but it's still like massive days. Mm. And so when Ned's doing hay or we're doing the cattle, we're watching the cattle market or whatever it is we're doing, a lot of the time we're doing 
you know, morning routine, nighttime routine, daytime routine and our own jobs individually. So is there anything that you do in particular to make sure that that time isn't overwhelming um, and that resentment isn't building and that you're able just to get in and, and get, on, get on with it? Um. Oh, that's a really a lot. That's a really great question. Um, I think in the uh, like when we first moved back to the place, I probably was getting a little bit resentful towards Sam because he could sort of head off and go to Longreach and and catch up with his friends, and he didn't have the you know as you said the routines. And um, I probably took a couple of months, and I really made a promise to myself to never be resentful for the choices that we had both ultimately made in that, in that moment, um, because it's going to benefit the greater good in the end and our end end goal of where we want to be. So um, yeah, really it's, it's a big mind game for me and it's, it's ongoing. I'd be very, I'm very careful on, on um, that time that Sam is home to make sure that we still, we do it together. Um, and we, sp- we try and spend time with the kids um of an afternoon or on the weekends, we love to go and do stuff with the kids. That's our family time. And um, I think it's really important for Sam to really have quality time with the kids as well then um, to a degree, if he can take them, he, he will. But yeah, we, we love going and, you know, Friday night's always a pizza night for us in our family. So we yeah. make pizzas and enjoy that, um, get the kids involved in that. Um, you know, that our older two are just starting to ride motorbikes. So we go out and watch them ride motorbikes. Um, but yeah, we just, we need to make sure that we keep checking in with each other um, a lot. Um, and especially with me, I think Sam can see the um, times where it's it's really getting on top of me. So, um, you know, acknowledging that I might need to just have a few days to myself or really him just take the kids for an hour or so so I can um, decompress um, is is really important for both of us. Yeah, absolutely. It all definitely, definitely helps. Yeah. So but coming into that role of, um, you know, Sam joining you on the farm, uh, how did the dynamic change and was there any surprises or hurdles that you came across, you know, during that that dynamic change? Mm. Yeah, so huge dynamic change because he married a farmer. So yeah. <laughs> um which is which is great. Um and same with my sister. My um as I said, of one of one of three girls and my sister, her husband married in into um our family farm. So yeah, really different in that sense. Um but yeah, there was a bit of a dynamic change. Um we had to have some pretty hard conversations early on in our relationship and what that looked like. Um I made up very early in my mind and probably my early 20s that um, being in agriculture was for me and that's something I'm really passionate about um, and I enjoy it and I love it and I couldn't see it any other way so having that conversation with him um, saying you know I, I want to go back to the family property and this is something that I really want um, he was really open to um, he, he said that he was keen to do it and give it a give it a crack um, but he also, I also pointed out to him very early that it, it'll be a very big learning curve for him because um, it's it, farming is not in his family. Um, you know, he as a as a child he went out to 
um, fam- friends and family's places. But I suppose, I suppose it's always very different coming back to what we have here in the operation that we run. So um, I, I said to him, you know, you're not going to be um, the boss. You, you're definitely not going to be the boss of, of, of the whole operation, whereas in his electrical business he is. And I said there's definitely going to be a um, mind shift for him to go back into just probably being the student for a little while and really learning the craft um, as we both are. Like, um, you know, I still learn learn stuff every day. But, yeah, it was a it was a hard thing and we struggle with it even now. You know, we're in, we're in our mid-30s and we still don't know what we don't know, um, but we're very much up for the challenge and Sam's very – good he's a really good people's person and he's very good at sort sort of taking a helicopter view look at things um so that's been really great um and I think the relationship dynamic especially working with my sister and brother-in-law and with my mum and dad we all have a very open conversation um uh, we have meetings every six six to eight weeks about what's going on and we just have a policy within what we do that if something festers for longer than 24 hours then we bring it to the table and it's all discussed so um yeah we hold ourselves very true to that and it's same with Sam and I like if there's something not working then we try and table that for discussion when the kids are not around and you know if we (laughs) if we need to have a proper discussion it's it's when the kids are away from us. Yeah, absolutely. So with that helicopter view and and with the dynamic of all the other family members, is that as formal as talking about succession planning and the future of the farm or is it more the day-to-day and yearly planning? Yeah. Um, So those meetings that we hold sort of six to eight weeks is what we call a what be meeting. So it's when we work on the business or a what be, which is what's happening in the business. So they're constant. Um, and then as far as succession goes, yeah, we, we did do succession planning um, prior to us girls getting married and then also through the process of why were we engaged and, and now moving on to the place. Um, and it was something that was um, instigated by dad and I think he could see that he had two daughters that were quite interested in the land and um, we are just very fortunate that he had the opportunity to be able to provide a uh, provider in for us somewhere. Um, so yeah, having those conversations um, with mum and dad were yeah they were on the table and it was great that we could all sort of have a discussion about what that might look like you know an exit strategy if it doesn't work um, uh, you know opportunity uh, opportunistic strategy for what you know if we wanted to take it further but then also I suppose um, um, we all needed to be really committed to what was in front of us right now and we all needed to make sure that we understood our roles within our business at the moment. Yes. Yeah. That communication path is is you just can't say how important that is. Like it's it's yeah, everything to a farming it business. Is, it is everything. And I think uh you can definitely over communicate which can wreck stuff as well. But um yeah you just need to find that fine balance and how that looks for whatever kind of business that you're in. Um, So, yeah, like, as you know, there's just so many personalities. um, And in our business, we've got a lot of different personalities. And we just all really know now that 
certain people within our business have strengths and so certain people have weaknesses and that's okay that's not a detriment to their character it's just how it is so um yeah we just need to grow and build together yeah absolutely Mm. so with all of that said as well moving back to the farm what were what did you wish you had known before you moved back home um I think probably how hard it was to get back into a community. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd grown up in the Flinders Shire my whole life and a lot of people had left and come and left and come and that was great. But um, I'd made such a wonderful friendship down in Longreach with my friends who I'd had there and I'd been there for nearly 10 years before we moved back up here. But um, I think it was... Um, and it probably hasn't hit me till this year, just how it is to make friends back in your own community. Um, that for me has been a real challenge. Um, and it's I don't think it's for the lack of reaching out. I just think um, that it's just a bit of a hard nut to crack. Um, uh, so for me, it's still, yeah, it's something I work on um, weekly. I, I try very hard to, you know, get in contact and make those connections with those women um, in my own community, but I also very much lean on the girls back in Longreach. I'm very grateful that, you know, as you know, Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp or whatever you use is always there. So um, I think that for me was really hard, but um, I've started to just um, get involved in a few committees and which has been really good. Um, bit of a cre- I love doing Fashion of the Field, so that's been a bit of a creative outlet to join our, one of our local race meets and um, help in that sort of um, space. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. In one of my other interviews, it was interesting that you'd spoken about getting back into the community. Uh, in another interview I've previously done, they mentioned something similar and they thought that it might have been because of the assumed knowledge of the area. So, like, in their area, everyone sort of knew everyone and had their ideas and thoughts already pre-established on who you were and what you're up to and what you could provide and what you could benefit them. Whereas she found sometimes when you go into a, a different community, although you don't know anyone, sometimes that's easier because you can come up with your own thoughts, perceptions and ideas around people. Um, So it's easier to ring up and have a chat to someone because you go in with a little bit of naivety and a bit of exploration. Mm. Do you think that's sort of a similar vibe or the community's a little bit different um, in your part of Australia? Um, Yeah, no. Yeah, I think that's probably a huge point of it, a a huge area. Um, Yeah, uh, and I think people just get in their grooves as well. Do you know what I mean? Like people have their friends and I think it's okay. And, and that's wonderful. But I'm, I'm, I'm very much a person who's an um, act of service. So I like checking in on people and I like making sure that I understand people and, and know where they've come from. So for me, um, and it's just, I think it's just different personalities for me. um, I love being able to just go and send them a message and going, Hey, how are you going? Are you okay? Or what's, what are you up to this week? Um, and I think that's where, you know, with my podcast, I've really been able to sort of step into it in that facet. Um, but yeah, just in this community, I think, um, yeah, I don't know what it is. 
Um, I'm probably very lucky that my sister lives next door and we have a great relationship and she's definitely probably one of my best friends. Um, but then I think, you know, you also need to make your own friends and, you know, I think it's probably something that'll just take some time. Um, but, um, yeah, I think people probably just think, oh, you know, she's moved home. She's, oh, she's from this area. She'll be fine. Um, but I, yeah, I, I just, I don't think, I can say enough about people making sure that they sort of take a moment and really stop and look outside their own box and check in on other people and make sure that they can be involved or um, included in stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that would probably lead us into the best piece of advice if someone else was moving either to the farm for the first time or back to the farm. Um, So how does that work in for you? Oh, I gave a great a lot gave a lot of thought to this um, because I hear a lot of advice uh, through the podcast from other women, which I just soak up, and I think it's great. But the best advice I can say is that make sure um, you reach out to someone or just keep chipping away at um, putting yourself in 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 the area where you can meet people um go to events um jump on a committee um find a i don't know find your own flair whatever that might be if you're passionate about something and you you might be feeling a bit isolated in your community then find something that you're passionate about and start a business or um reach out to someone or start a community start a blog i don't know what it might be but Um, you need to really have something for yourself that does not include anybody else. Um, Because for me, that was something that I was like, I could really lean on and it really gave me a lot of joy. But, and then with that comes friendships and comes people checking it on you and stuff like that. So definitely that. And I think uh, my other best advice would be make sure you have some green grass to look out on your front lawn. I think being in a rural industry, there is nothing better than making sure that you can look out your window and it, and, and seeing some green grass. It's just a little oasis where you can go out and have a drink or sit down and, and um, the kids can play football or something. But for me, that's one of my um, passions. You know, I, I really want to get back into the garden and get my garden up and going. Um, and we're very lucky that we've got pop-ups here that I can look at some green grass after a shitty day of looking at brown grass or whatever that might look like. But, yeah, just have something of your own and and really um, make sure that you can look out the window and, and see the bigger picture, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely latched onto the last bit that you said, which is make sure you have something of your own. Whether you're moving back to the farm or there for the first time, you need to have something that you can call your own. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and as I said before, how that looks, I'm not sure, but um, there's lots of uh, lots of groups or lots of people that might be doing something similar. But yeah, don't be afraid to um, reach out to those people and ask advice. You know, I'm I'm all too happy. I've had lots of girls contact me asking questions, and I'm I'm all too happy to give it because um, I think you know if you can all build each other up and and if there's more people doing or creating something in that space, the better. And it's, um, yeah, going to make a world of difference for one person, I think. 
Yeah, absolutely. Even if it just benefits, you know, somebody on, on one day, then we've done everything that, that we set out to do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. So that comes to the end of my official questions sort of for this interview because we've touched on a lot naturally as we've progressed through in our chat. So I guess um, I wanted to round out the conversation by asking, is there any other tips, tricks, advice that you would give to someone moving to the farm or back to the farm? Mm, I'm going to say, uh, uh, so... I'm going to say it from two points of views only because I've had a husband that's married into farming. So if you're a male and that you've moved into farming, don't feel like you need to be doing it all first up. Um, Ask questions, communicate, build a relationship with um, the people who have been there and, and, um, yeah, just take some time. You know, things aren't going to happen quickly. Um, but yeah, I think just take your time from that point of view. Um, and then from a FEMA perspective, um, if you're a question I got asked a little while ago is if you're a rural female, how do you get involved in the business? And that for me was like, oh, I don't know, because I've always been involved in the business. But um, ask the people that you're around, ask, ask your husband, if you, if you, if you guys are a sole trader or whatever it might be, ask him how you can get involved. What is he struggling with? Where does he need help? And if that's in the office or whether that's like, oh, you know, I can't get on top of X, Y, Z, then, you know, maybe you can teach yourself something in that facet. Um, uh, and then, yeah, I think make, just making sure that your home and, and your family dynamic is something where each party can come home to and it's like a Switzerland, you know what I mean? Like it's a, it's, it's a place where everyone can just decompress and really enjoy being there because um, I think for people working on the land, the days are long and mentally and physically it's really hard. So you need to come back to a place where it's um, where it's enjoyable to be around. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely want that that haven setting of relaxation when you walk in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, throwing some music on or um, trying not to talk shop is really good too. Um, you know, I always try and make an effort of putting some music on and, um, you know, talking to the kids so that when Sam comes back into the house, he can see that and know that it's, um, you know, I haven't had a, crappy day or whatever but you know um yeah I'm just thinking having those kids the kids happy and knowing that his wife's enjoying enjoying him being home as well yeah 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 because sometimes it's hard not to have an immediate reaction just to go into um complete I don't know brain brain dump <laughs> yeah <laughs> through a run yeah. through and just let's all just ease into it <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely yeah. no that's that's fantastic, Angie. We have loved having you here on the podcast and YouTube channel of The Rural Mum. Your advice, thoughts and experience has been absolutely notable and I hope that we can all take something new away from it. I know that many of us in the community will. So thank you again for coming on. Mm-hmm.